AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Mini Crush podcast, Movie Crush Light, Movie Crush Heavy. I like that though. You said it as though it were its own thing. It's the Mini Crush podcast. You know, Noel, we're approaching episode one hundred of the Mini Crush podcast. Yeah, that's wild. It'll be in January. Oh man, what are we gonna do? We're gonna have some cake, wear party hats. I don't know. What should we do? Drink lemonade. Should we? Uh, what should we do? I don't know, man. Something special. We should do something special. TBD. T-B-D. I did something special last night, Chuck. Oh, boy. What? I watched Elf. <laughs> oh, did you really? I sure did. What'd you think? I watched it with my kid, uh-huh. who had also never seen it. Okay. And my girlfriend, who was an Elf uh, fan. An Elf head? An Elf head. Uh, did you like it? I loved it. Right? Yeah. Isn't it funny and fun? It made me happy. Oh, great. It warmed the cockles of my cold, dead heart. That is uh, great. Yeah, it gave me new life. I laughed like a geek, a lot of it. I felt things. I teared up a little bit. Yeah. Um, it was just great. Great, man. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Uh, I, t- I told Courtney about how... You know, the whole joke was in, in the last time we recorded, it was everyone who the beloved film, people writing in, and I was just like, nah, mm, I don't, that right. means nothing to me. <laughs> it goes right over my head. And uh, the a couple of days before that, I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, because you didn't see that one, right? I hadn't seen that Did one you either. Like that? Loved it. Really? Okay. Oh, it was great. It's hard to tell what a modern gent like yourself might no, think of a throwback it was, 80s it, film. No, it's funny. All right, great. I love all the John Hughes movies. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, he's got a, a thing that I that I like. It's wonderful. Um, I bet I, your daughter loved Elf. She loved Elf. Yeah. I tell you the thing about Planes, Trains that I thought was really interesting is it's basically a PG thirteen movie uh-huh. until he says, "I want a fucking car, yeah, and I want it right <laughs> fucking now." Oh yeah, it would have <laughs> totally been 
maybe even PG. That part is just played for shocks, and it really works. Yeah. It delivers, man. It stands up. Yeah, for love sure. That. Love that movie. My finger has a heartbeat. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what line Emily and I always say from uh, Elf is when <laughs> the great scene with Peter Dinklage in the office, you know, you know, say Elf one more time, right. that whole thing. It's when he, he jumps upon the table <laughs> and starts to charge him. Will Ferrell throws his arms out and goes, look at you. <laughs> so Emily and I do that a lot. Look at uh, you. That's great. I loved it. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. So by the way, everyone, uh, I haven't been plugging this. I'm the worst at plugging stuff, but... Uh, I'm going to be at SF Sketch Fest again this year for a Sunday night. Uh, when is this thing anyway? Let me look here. That would be January the 19th. 19th, yeah. For a Sunday night show. And I think what I'm going to do this year is instead of interviewing one person on stage about a movie, I'm going to get everyone involved. I'm going to get a couple of people, I think. And uh, the asks are out to Janet Varney on these people. And instead of interviewing about a movie, we're going to do some just fun stuff. We're going to get the crowd involved. We're going to do some live haikus. Mm. See if I can get uh, – I wish I knew who it was, but I'm sure whoever it is, they're going to be game. That sounds fun, Chuck. It's going to be wonderful. So please, uh, because this is going to be a different kind of show, I really need an audience. Because to do something like this with like 12 people, it's just Yeah, sad. <laughs> no, that is sad. I'm going to be in L.A. Uh, with my kid, actually. I'm bringing her to the iHeart Podcast Awards yeah. as my plus one. Woo-hoo. And then going to see Billie Eilish the next night. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and then the did next— Did you get hooked up through iHeart? Did I they did. take care of you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. But then the next, next night, I just found out a buddy of mine in L.A. who I work with who's got the hookup is taking us to the Magic Castle. Oh, dude. For brunch and uh, two shows on get a Sunday. Get ready for a very fun experience. I'm so excited. The Magic Castle is wonderful. I am so excited. I've been and wanting just, to go for uh, years. And it's a very, uh, it's a very special insider thing. Like you can't just go. Right. You got to get invited. Yeah. By a member. Yeah. Exactly. Or get hooked up somehow. Yeah. And this guy knows somebody from. I think he had a magician at his son's bar mitzvah uh-huh. and hit it off and gave him a nice tip or something sure, and got the got the connect for <laughs> for life. So it's pretty great. I man. am beyond pumped. And it uh, is indeed a magical place. Eden is too. I'm not even magic guy. Here's my advice too, Noel. They're the the big shows, quote unquote. Big meaning, like their big room. Mm-hmm. It's probably like 40 or 50 people, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It's not huge. But my advice, too, is to go into the little parlor rooms mm-hmm. for these really intimate, close-up, right. sleight-of-hand shows. That's what I'm pumped about. That's where you're going to get some really great card tricks, some good old-school, non-illusion-type magic. Some disappearings of, like, coins sure. and things like Sure. You want that. a coin pulled out of your ear? Yes. Boy, get, do I ever. Get thee to a parlor room. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. So you got anything else you want to plug since we're plugging holes? No. Uh, listen to Murder in Oregon if you want to check out a cool noir <laughs> kind of like, th- you know, a non-depressing true crime story yeah. that actually has like kind of a cool arc and is more about justice and uh, doing the right thing and corruption than it is about just misery. Yeah. Um, I recommend it. Fantastic. I, I've been working on it for a long time and we're about halfway through the season. Um, so check that out and leave us a nice review. Uh, you know what also we need to plug is Finding Fred. Mm. Uh, that is from our colleagues here. Um, who actually ended up, was Dylan on that? Not on that one. No, it's, 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 I think it's mainly the New York crew, but it's Fatherly okay. is, is the partnership with uh, who also did, I believe, um, what is it, Family Secrets? Does that have mm-hmm. to, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, Mangash, who is our kind of chief of content over there in the New York offices that was on his slate. Yeah, Finding Fred about Fred Rogers. Yeah. It's a great companion piece. 
to the films and the documentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're interested in Mr. Rogers, it's a great listen. Been neck and neck with them on the charts, Murder in Oregon and Finding Fred. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We've out? been flipping back and forth <laughs> for a couple of weeks now. Sometimes I'll go to the TV and film ratings. Yeah. And check that out uh, to see if Movie Crush is charting. And uh, we're pretty consistently, like, top 50. Absolutely. Yeah. I always forget, like, I mean, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in, like, the the top, top of all podcasts when you think about there are 700,000 yeah. podcasts. But it's nice to really look at the little individual categories. Sure. Because uh, we're always in really good company. There's so much cool yeah, stuff Yeah, Finding Fred, I think, is the number one TV and film podcast yep. right now. Exactly. It's great. I'm very, very happy to be in the top 50, Noel. Same, dude. Top 50 is great. Of anything. Oh, 100%. If you're in the top 50 of anything. Unless it's top 50 uh, dickheads. Yeah, worst human garbage (laughs) fire people. Yep. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Uh, all right, we're going to go with some non-Christmas stuff, um, quite honestly, because I screwed up the calendar and thought that uh, the episode that just published was going to publish on the 16th. And so it turns out we have a hole right in the middle of the calendar. Mm. I'm like, man, I'm not going to – we're not going to overload the Christmas content. We did two great Christmas episodes. So we're going to veer off course here and do a bit of a movie crusher special. Love it. Uh, and it starts off, Noel. Have you seen The Irishman yet? Yes. Well, let's talk about it for a minute. I put a poll 
uh, because it's, it turns out it's a very divisive movie. I can see why. Did you see the poll? No, I didn't see the poll. Uh, 379 votes, and it's hard to, you know, as we all know, design a binary poll for something like film criticism because it is a lot of nuance. gray, yes. not black and white. No. But overall, I said, how do you feel about the movie? Disappointed, missed the mark, or satisfied right on target? That's the fairest way I could do it. Agreed. And it is pretty evenly split. 55% were satisfied and felt it was right on target. 45% were disappointed and felt it missed the mark. Right on target for what? A Scorsese picture? Yeah, I mean, just whatever. Your expectations, yeah, like, yeah, made yeah. a really good movie. Got it. Um, I'm trying to, like, back away on the superl- superlatives for these polls and just make oh, it, Oh, yeah, no, like, that's great. Were you satisfied or not? So what are you, what, what's your deal? Um, I thought it was a Scorsese movie. Uh, I thought it reminded me very much of Casino. Okay. You know, just in terms of the ensemble cast and mm-hmm. in terms of the use of voiceover. Ah, shit, man. It reminded me a lot of Goodfellas. I mean, it's like, okay. here's, a, here's a beef that I have with Scorsese, and it's just because he talks shit. He was saying how Marvel movies are not cinema, mm-hmm. how Marvel movies are like some sort of lesser It's like a playground being, or something. Or right. Amusement park. But like, Homeboy's been making the same gangster picture <laughs> for like... A long time, you know, especially, see, like, I would argue that Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, those are different. But once he started getting into the Goodfellas thing with the big 70s mm-hmm. pastiche soundtrack yeah. and the voiceover and the stylized freeze frames and all that stuff, he started, like, really leaning into that okay. uh, that vibe. And to me, that's the, Guardians of the Galaxy would not exist if it weren't for the Scorsese, right. you know, montage kind of vibe and sure. the soundtrack. So I just think, I don't understand what he's complaining about. It seems like an OK Boomer moment. Where he's like, oh, these movies are making all this money. No one's financing my movies anymore. I'm bitter. Right. That's but oh, that being said, <laughs> well, yeah. But I think <laughs> he way. would have preferred for it to have been a giant tentpole wide release. Right. Instead, they released it thing. for a couple of months in limited theaters and yeah. then a Netflix thing. I think that was largely probably because he couldn't get the money he wanted from big studios. Well, probably. So beef aside, it was great. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah, it was fun. All right. It was. It's a good movie. I mean, like it's I had great a lot performances. Of with it. Well, the the CGI threw me for a damn sure. Uh, it was uncanny valley as hell, and I started to finally start to forget about it. But it really took me out of it for a little while. All right, so here's my deal. Um, and I finally figured it out last night because it was bothering me how much I did not really like it that or connect with it mm-hmm. that much. Let me say it better that way. Yeah, did not connect with it. It did not draw me in. Um, it did not, there was something off about it that I couldn't pinpoint and it was the CGI for me and not just like, oh, it didn't look good. Like that was what the disconnect was Mm. for me. It broke my brain Yeah, because I know how old these guys are. Um, we have spent a lifetime watching these people age throughout film history. Right. And I think very much for me, that was the disconnect. That's why I couldn't connect with these characters because it wasn't real. It was a trick. Uh, because you know what I liked? The last hour. Right. When, when, when they they're all aged old into and reality. Grizzled, yeah. And that's when it finally clicked. I was like, wait a minute. That was the difference. Um, there are these sort of plasticky looking faces pasted on clearly old men still, moving around like old men. I just don't get how they couldn't make it look better. I mean, it looked okay. It but didn't look great, though, Chuck. It looked like a cut scene in a video game. Some of it looked better than others, mm-hmm. for sure. Some yeah. parts looked really bad. Yeah. But to me, like, 
it just uh, and what did it accomplish? I wanted Scorsese to like it, it was a stunt to me, mm-hmm. and like I want him to be better than that. Right. Scorsese to me isn't the guy that pulls a cinematic stunt. Right. He should have just cast younger actors, like we've always done in films. Right. To play the younger versions. And it would have been much, much better to me. Especially since what he's doing. I was talking to a filmmaker, a friend of mine who, who lived in L.A. right around the same time you did, um, about how he found this to be – he found comfort in the fact that this is a style of filmmaking that is probably going to go away eventually. This kind of classic, you know, whatever the pace of this movie was, the way he made it, the way he told the story, the ensemble cast, the bigness of it all, yeah. that's sort of not long for this world, that kind of filmmaking. It's a very, like... Maybe. A, a, well, that's his position. Sure. And it's ironic for that to be his position and it also to be really trying hard to, like make use of all this modern stuff. Yeah. And it just felt it's like both out of place of yeah. and it was a disconnect. And then you hear him talking trash about Marvel movies and you're like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. You yeah. Know? When you go in there and use a, a, a CGI stunt, essentially. I mean, this is my take on it. And that's, I, I think a lot of people felt a disconnect for that reason. But I'm speaking out of my ass there. Mm. No. I know. I know it did that for me. No, I said. I said the same thing. And when I say I like the movie, that was when I could shove that aside and just judge it on like, yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, it it also also had some melancholy tones about aging and you know being, that's when it got good to being me. a remnant of a bygone era yeah. and no longer being relevant uh-huh. and the things like that worked for me. Right. But uh, I don't know, man. I also thought it was just far too long. It was. I mean, you you got to keep an audience in mind, and you don't need a three-and-a-half-hour movie to tell that story. Not to mention, I'm sorry I keep harping on the Scorsese old man stuff, but <laughs> he was also complaining about, like, you, you're not meant to watch it. It's not a TV series. you got to watch it in one sitting. It's like, Scorsese, don't put it on Netflix then. You know, yeah. like, people are going to watch it the way they're going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, they're going to watch and, it while they're and, eating and dinner. And don't complain or about working it. Working on a spreadsheet. Don't like, insult people for for consuming stuff the way that is convenient and makes sense for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that kind of purist I, mentality is sort of bullshit to me. This might have been better if it was an hour longer and divided into five parts. You I know? agree. I agree. The, it was just, uh, yeah. I was disappointed. There are all these memes of people that are like giving you time codes of like if you want to watch it like a series. I've heard about that. Watch part one is, is from here to here, two uh-huh. is here to here, et cetera. Just imagine a fade to black. That's right. <laughs> and then Scorsese responded to that saying, no, 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 no. That's not what I want. That's not how I want you to watch you know, it. Sorry. It's not up to you anymore, dude. It's not. You know? like yeah. I know, man. I'm with you. Because it bothered me because I love Scorsese and I was like, why didn't I love this movie? And uh, I really had to look within. I liked uh, Ray Romano. He was fun as the lawyer. He was it's good, nice, but nice to see a him. little underdeveloped. I feel like that's true. Harvey Keitel, like would have loved more Keitel. That's true. Oh, man, I had a lot of problems with it's it. It's hard though when there's that many characters. But then that argument kind of gets flipped when you're like, you had fucking four hours to do it. Right. You know, you could have given a little more attention to some of these second tier yeah. characters. I you think know? Goodfellas and Casino did far more story wise in less time. I agree. All right. Some of the acting was great. It looked great. You know, it's not like I hated it. No. But I, I liked it. I stand by. Uh, if I had to give it thumbs, I would probably give it. Yeah, how many thumbs out of I five? I would give it three and a half thumbs. I would give it two thumbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, we're, Noel, we're going to jump over to the Crushers page. And uh, a gentleman named David Wilder 
posed a very good question that we're going to talk about here. Uh, what video game would you like to see made into a movie? Very simple. You're a gamer. Hmm? What's your uh, What's your take? Uh, what? Fallout. Yeah, yeah, right? The Fallout games would be great as a series of movies. So, okay, in each town? Sure. Okay. Whatever. They all have really good stories. Yeah. The, the, the writing is really good in those games. The even, only one even I the little was four. Four was great. In Boston. Yeah, Boston yeah. was cool. Um, even the little the little DLCs, the little extras or whatever, mm -hmm. great writing, great stories, yeah. really cool sci-fi, fun. There's, there's funny characters. Yeah. I would love to see that. You wouldn't even have to like – so often they shoehorn video games into movies. This one, it's like it's there for you. It's right, right for the picking. Yeah. Uh, the Last of Us as well, which I'm pretty sure is already a, a thing. Uh, I don't know the current status. I know that they were trying for sure to make it. Uh, you know, that that's my jam. That's my game. It's a great game. Uh, and it is. It's like playing a movie. Yeah. So and then right the new there. one's uh, coming out soon, I believe. February. Yeah. So here's my conundrum, Noel. Last of Us 2 comes out in February. PS5 comes out in November. Ooh. I hear it's backwards compatible because I asked on the page and people are like, just get it and you'll be able to play it on your PS5. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, do I even need a PS5? I usually wait. I usually wait until there's a title that I really, really need that's on the exclusive. new – That's exclusive to the okay. new machine. That's what I did for 4. I didn't get a 4 for years. It wasn't until literally Fallout 4 mm. that I decided to finally get one. And I, you wait until the next Christmas and then there's like packages, you know, right. that are a lot cheaper and they come with games, you yeah, know. Like, when you get it on day one, it's expensive and it's like, why? There's the, the, the launch titles are never that exciting. All right. Good advice. So we're going to go with James G. Woodbeck. He says Half-Life. Ever played it? I, I know of it, and I agree. There's a lot of fun mythology there. It would probably make a good one. Uh, Baldemar Rodriguez Jr. says Space Invaders. <laughs> he says, hold on a sec. Think about it. A nice 80s period piece with the right vision in the right direction. I think it could work. What What is there to Space Invaders other than little ships on a grid? Well, they've done more with less. That's fair. You know? Yeah. Did you see the Adam Sandler thing? Pixel? Yeah. No, I didn't either. It, looked, it was supposed it looked, to be terrible. It looked, it looked real dumb. But really good concept. Like, yeah. It seems like they really screwed up at what could have been a good idea. Well, it was kind of like Wreck-It Ralph. Was it? A little bit, I think. I it was that. about like, I don't know, maybe it's not. It just, it just felt like it was like there was that crossover between like, oh, video game characters are actually real and they inhabit this other world and now they're invading our world. And I don't know. That's sort of how it struck me. All right. Uh, I haven't heard of this game, but Ian Lyons, uh, one of our old friends says, Bubble Bobble. That's a that's like an old Neo Geo game. I don't even like know what little, that means. Neo Geo was like a <laughs> you know all this shit, Noel. I think Neo Geo was a home system, <clears throat> but I think of it as being an arcade uh, okay. system. Like a that was you'd always have a Neo Geo. Um, they call it cabinets, you know, the arcade cabinets or whatever, right. and it would have Samurai Showdown. Bubble Bobble, and then like two other titles. Paperboy? No, that was its own thing. Okay. Neo Geo was a Japanese uh, kind of flash in the pan system, sort of, I believe. But All right. Bubble Bobble is a cool game. Mary Lux says Mist. Yeah, sort of like Lost. Old pal Zach Pointer says Zelda. Ever played Zelda? Why hasn't that happened? Interesting. It'd be such a good fantasy, uh, fantasy movie. Yeah. I said Last of Us on the page, and then uh, there were some folks casting it. Uh, our old pal Mike Burdett. This is Josh Brolin and Ellen Page, which I get Brolin for sure. And I get Ellen Page because she looks like Ellie, but Ellie was 14. Yeah, yeah. Like I you got to cast a kid. Yep. You can't cast someone in their mid-30s. I think she's aged out of that one at this point. Uh, he also suggested uh, Saoirse Ronan, 
and same thing, just too old. Yep. Got to get a kid in there. It'd have to be like a unknown, like a new, like a- I think so. Like an introducing. Yeah, because I can't think of any 14-year-old actors. <laughs> no, and the ones we're thinking of, we're thinking of them 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? That page would have been great. Yeah, like in like, uh, uh, what is it, um, Juno era, or earlier sure. than that even. Yeah. yeah. No, Juno, she could have played 14 or 15 probably. Uh, Mike Burdett, same old pal, says the correct answer is Bioshock. Yeah, oh, wonderful. Would Did you play that? No. It's cool. It's like a steampunk kind of uh, dystopian future past kind of thing. It's based on, like, inspired by uh, Atlas Shrugged Wait, by Ayn Rand. Um, was there, like, circusy stuff? That was in the – yes, yes. I might have played Bioshock, actually. Yeah, there are people in creepy rabbit masks, like, wandering around with, like, like mm, butcher knives. <laughs> and there are these big kind of mech creatures and they're these little creepy girls that look like uh, the shining twins they have like no eyes and they have like all these powers and stuff uh, it's a wonderful wonderful game there's two of them and they're both really smart all right. really great games so that, those would be fantastic movies well you know my deal I've said it before I usually will get a game and obsess about it for about four months yep. and then I won't play again for two years dude same same. I don't no. have the time you, know? no, you just I can't either. do it anymore I, I never even finished Red Dead uh, Re- Redemption 2 and it's fantastic yeah that's the one on my list that I need to get uh, Daniel Jordan says Portal could be interesting if done properly. Mm-hmm. So you've played all these, huh? I have. Uh, Matt Blumenfield says Banjo. Kazooie? Kazooie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's an older game. Yeah. He's like a, what is he, a Wallaby or something? I don't oh, remember. I don't know. I don't know much about it. He's a. It's no, that's a, Crash Bandicoot, isn't it? That, well, they're, they're similar. No, Banjo Kazooie is a bear. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. They're, they're, they're very uh, similar and around the same time, easy to confuse for each other. All right. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Dianim Weidner. Interesting name. It says Kingdom Hearts. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's one of those like a Disney mashup game where it's got all the Disney characters, has a lot of like Final Fantasy, like Sony characters, and it's like a big role-playing RPG kind of like sweeping epic fantasy game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Diana Ratliff says Bioshock. Had a theatrical feel. Jessica Worley says Red Dead. Uh, let me see here. What else? Duck Hunt from Christopher Steiner. <laughs> Come on. That's the worst. That's bad. Uh, ben Cleaver mentions a, a, something called God of War. Yeah. It's Kratos. good. Kratos. Yeah. God of War is great. He says uh, you got to get the right cast. Just don't use The Rock. Give yeah. someone else a chance. Yeah, says. seriously. Yeah. I know a friend who just worked with The Rock. I know who'd be good. Who's that big burly guy that's in – he's been in a lot of stupid uh, comedies lately, like Stuber. Uh-huh. And uh, he was the, the the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy with the knives who has the funny comic relief lines. But he's Oh, like, yeah. Uh, the big, huge guy. Dave Bautista. Yeah. Bautista. He'd be a good Kratos. Yeah. It's interesting. He's in a new uh, comedy – and he looks weird as a human. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm so used His to proportions are all bald and green. Weird, yeah. <laughs> when he has that little like GI Joe scrubby hair, yep, it's odd looking to me. A little strange. Uh, Keith Edwards says there's an old Sega Genesis game called Eternal Champions. Don't know that one. I've always thought it would make an awesome movie. The premise of the game is all of these fighters from all of history are plucked right before their death to fight against each other. I that do remember this. That's interesting. Uh, it's a fighting game. You you get to be like, uh, you know, Zeus or like Cleopatra and stuff. Oh, yeah, I do remember that game. Uh, John Richard says Uncharted. Uncharted. Uncharted? Yeah. What did I say? Uncharted? Uncharted. <laughs> yeah. 
that's sort of an Indiana Jones type uh, swashbuckling adventure. And he also, says Nathan Fillion. Yep, yep, would be the guy. He would be great. I think he, I, I remember seeing that. He kind of looks like Nathan. He Fillion. does. He does. You got to wonder sometimes, like, do they model these after actors and don't ask permission? I don't know. And what's the IP situation <laughs> yeah. there? Like, you I imagine know. you can't veer too close because you could probably bring a case against it. Yeah. Um, but I imagine they dance around that line, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a great question. Thank you, David Wilder, for that. Uh, we're going to move on to Julia Lurch from the Crushers page. She posed a great one. Uh, what TV? Or I'm sorry, what movies would you like to be see adapted into a TV series? Kind of like Fargo has done. Oh yeah, it's a great success. Yeah, uh, among others. And Emily McGuire says Harry Potter series. Oh sure, just do it. Yeah, there's. I mean, I'm sure there's something that's. I mean, you know, it's money. I guess they're. Yeah. They're gonna do it. You think? Well, yeah. I mean, at some they, point, I would think. Too much money at stake. You're right. Who owns Harry Potter? That's Warner. That's yeah. That's well, that's the big property. One of the big properties that Warner owns. Is it? I believe so because it's all in the. No, it's Universal. Excuse me, it's not Warner at all. It's Universal. Okay. Because it's that's in the it's in uh, Universal Studios. It's the big Harry Potter world and the rides and stuff. Yeah. Sarah Hoffman says Indiana Jones. Uh, they could just revive young Indiana Jones. That was a fun show. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I really enjoyed that. That was good. Uh, Yvonne Baudet says Cloverfield or Unbreakable. Yeah, I'd see a Cloverfield show. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed mm, a lot of what they've done with that franchise. I always thought it was a really clever. Not all of it, but. Mm, yeah. I mean, what, what, what did you not enjoy? Like parts of. I think. Uh, the the first movie I didn't like parts of it, but overall I liked it. What I did like was that other one, the yeah, one uh, Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, right? that was that was pretty With, good. Uh, John Goodman playing a baddie. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Same, but there's more there. I think they're going to do another movie, right? Well, because that one, and no, no spoil, man, slight spoil. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like that movie, largely has nothing to do with what's going on in the Cloverfield universe. It's more of just like a bottle movie about like worrying about what's going on outside. Mm-hmm. Is it really happening? Is it not really happening? Et cetera. Right. And then uh, there ends up being a connection to the, the events of right. the first Cloverfield movie. Yeah, I like how they tied that together. Yep. Uh, old friend Minal Data says Interstellar, a limited series where they go to a different planet each episode. Why okay. not? Fair enough. Why not? Uh, Tom Villian says, Clan of the Cave Bear. Not familiar. That is a movie from the, I don't think it was 90s. I feel like it was 80s with um, Daryl Hannah starred. And it was, uh, you know, I, I think prehistoric uh, wandering clans. Huh. Interesting. Cave bears. <laughs> cave bears? <laughs> okay. Patrick Gorman says Midsommar. Uh, they already made it into a 12-hour TV series. He just put it in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Ugh. You know, John Hodgman says that was his favorite movie of the year. I know. We talked about that. I respect that. his opinion, too. I respect his opinion, too. So uh, maybe I, we missed something, Noel. A buddy of mine, I, was, I went home for the holidays, and a buddy of mine says he was talking about my work stuff, and he was like, Hodgman really likes... The Avengers, that's his favorite movie of all time. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I'm like, ah, he, he, well, he, he stands by it. It's not his favorite, but he just likes to talk about it. He really enjoys it, though, the whole franchise. Oh, he, he speaks of it with such reverence, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's not, I mean, I'd like to see him take, uh, to take Scorsese to task. That's what I'm saying. You know? I think he could absolutely uh, very p- eloquent defend way. his position mm-hmm. very eloquently, yeah. Uh, Ultra and Nick Kelly says Rogue One would have been a really good TV series. Mm-hmm. I think now that we're seeing Mandalorian play out, 
we see the possibilities. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, t- Tony Hernandez says World War Z. That's the that's one of the zombie things, right? Yeah. Uh, and from what I've seen of the book, uh, it probably would have been a better series if they had stuck with the book because mm. they changed it a lot. They went they went off the off the the uh, rails for the movie, huh? I think so. Did you not see it? I didn't see it. Mm, not great. I think it's so interesting, just really quickly, that like John Favreau's career has been so varied. Yeah. Like he went from doing like a kind of a schlocky indie film, like like Swingers, mm-hmm. uh, to doing Elf. By the way, I, I rented Elf on Amazon, and at the end, it had all this behind the scenes stuff. Oh, I yeah. learned more about the um, jobs of every department in oh, a movie yeah. uh, crew than I ever have anywhere else. It was so in depth. It went into like every single position, yeah. and then through production, through post, through soundscaping uh, and mm-hmm. um, foleying and looping and all that stuff. Oh, cool. It was probably about an hour of like behind the scenes. Oh, stuff. I gotta check that. It out. was so good because I bought it on iTunes. Yeah. so I'm sure that's it all was in there. so good. It showed the, how they built all the sets and wasn't did, that cool? All the forced perspective and they showed all that. They old showed school, they showed uh, how they did all those tricks how they replaced them with little kids for the, yeah, for the, yeah. the shots. They had like a scale version of the set that they called it the, the buddy-sized one and the uh-huh. elf-sized one. So they had doubles of every prop yeah. where it was like a big etch-a-sketch and then a little, yeah, yeah. little etch-a-sketch. <laughs> it was so cool to see how much organization oh, and like, it. you know, uh, just innovation goes into doing all those in-camera effects. It's crazy. Yeah, it's tough to make a new classic Christmas film, and I think they succeeded on all levels. A hundred percent. I also love the part, it gets me every time, when that fucking cab hits him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great pratfalls. He's a great physical comedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Me I too. love that he turned on a sequel, too. Good for you, Will Ferrell. It makes perfect sense. Let it be its own thing. Yep. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. 
Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Uh, let me see. We'll finish up here with uh, our old friend with a switched out name, Culver Matthew. It says, a Lord of the Rings adaptation that sticks to the books and dialogue uh, would be great. They're doing that. I'm pretty sure there's something like that in the works. Oh, for, really? Uh, for some kind of Lord of the Rings uh, series. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, John Richard comments, time will tell, but the Amazon series purportedly fits your description. Right. And then Culver Matthew uh, said he just checked and he thinks it's a prequel. All yeah. right. We'll have to see what that's know. all about. Yeah. Time will indeed tell. Uh, all right, Noel, we're going to finish up with a little streaming of this. Uh, what have you been watching lately? Uh, Watchmen, my boy. Well, that's what's on my list. Oh, it's so good. I'm almost, It's is it only eight? It's eight total. All right, so I just finished episode seven last night, so I'm almost done. I think, I think it's great. I it is it. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm amazed at how they've, uh, it, it, was a, it was a smart plan to begin with. And I liked it early on, but once they started bringing in the canon, mm-hmm. it really got interesting. Were you a fan of the of the graphic yes. novel? Yes, yeah. and I'm not a graphic novel guy, right. but I did read that That's one. That's the one everyone says, I'm not a graphic novel guy, but Watchmen yeah. is incredible. Uh, there is a really cool companion podcast that I recommend everyone check out if you're into the show. It's just called The Official Watchmen Podcast, uh-huh. and it's with Craig Mazin, who is the creator of uh, Chernobyl, which also had a companion podcast that was hosted by Peter Sagal interviewing Craig Mazin about Chernobyl. And this one, it's Craig Mazin interviewing Damon Lindelof uh, about uh-huh. Watchmen, yeah. and it's only three episodes total. First episode handles episodes one through three, second three through six, third six through nine. There's yeah. nine episodes, I believe. Um, but he talks about how he was offered the project several times, turned it down. He revered the source material so much he didn't want to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right around the time of that Zack Snyder movie, which is divisive. I did not care for it. I mean, I thought it was okay. Yeah, uh, I didn't love it, right. but it, I don't think they like destroyed it or no. anything. No, it was it was. It was very respectful of the source material, but almost to me, it was almost like too respectful. It yeah. was kind of a little bit like why bother, kind of, you know. Oh, interesting. With this one, he was like, "I'm only going to do it if I can check these boxes for like making a new thing that still holds true to what I loved about the original Watchmen." Right, and that's what he's done. I think so. I think that's really what he's done. It, yeah, I mean, even before they started bringing in the old characters, tonally, it felt very Watchmen. Yep. And if it would have just stuck with that, I would have been fine. With all new storylines, mm-hmm. but uh, when they started bringing back some of these older characters, like mm-hmm. when Gene Smart shows up yeah. uh, as Silk Spectre, right. I was just like, oh boy, this mm-hmm. is where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, man, I mean, I love, uh, I told you I have a, a, we both have a bunch of friends that have worked on it, and I got some more insider scoop. Um, Regina King is fantastic, apparently. Just a good person. As a human. Mm-hmm. Great to work with. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Great. Uh, Jeremy Irons, fantastic. Like, he had a really great experience with most of these actors. You said there was one that was a pill, though. Yeah, which, you know, I think we already know who that is. Okay. But um, what I, I mean, I love all the stuff with Regina King and the Calvary, um, Cavalry? Cavalry, yeah. The the Seventh Cavalry. Cavalry, Um, But what has really been getting me going is the Ozymandias stuff. It's wonderful. 
that the one episode I think it was uh, where they finally launched him into space right. on a tether. Yeah, and he's and all of the fucking uh, I can't remember the names of the people he's cloned. Yeah. It's uh, but, Crook, Crookshanks and yeah, whatever the other guy, the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of them. Should up we there, do a spoiler alert for this? Do you think? Well, I mean, it's too late. If we're talking about the Watchmen, people are gonna. Okay. No, we're talking about the okay. Watchmen. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's true. Uh, but all of them up there, like dead and frozen. Ugh. And then he cracks them up and then spells out, "What save me? Save me!" But then there's another letter that, that you don't see. It's probably yes. And then they yank him back. Like all of that shit is so like weird. Yeah. In the best way. The thing that's so cool too is I could picture, I could picture this in comic book form. Yeah. Like it's such a bizarre weird world yeah. where the rules don't apply. Uh-huh. It's the kind of thing you could just see communicated in comic book form. Mm-hmm. But it's in a, it's in TV show to start with. And you know, uh, Alan Moore is notoriously cranky yeah. about any of his shit being adapted into movies. Does he like this? He has not said anything about okay. it. Uh, his daughter has said, has just spoken out defending his position on being cranky because <laughs> basically because like, I th- and I understand this to a degree because like, you know, Vertigo was the comic, the, the sort of adult weird offshoot of, I want to say DC. Uh-huh. I think that's right. And it's one of these things where in, in those days, their writers and artists were essentially indentured servants. They right. don't own any of their IP. Yeah. They make all this shit and then it just goes out and they, they, they don't, it's gone. They, yeah. they have no control over it anymore. Yeah. But that's also what you sign up for. So you kind of got to know sure. they're going to. So is that why he's cranky? I think he's cranky. He just feels like he his medium is comics. He doesn't feel like it should ever be adapted. But I think that's really short-sighted because what is a comic if not a perfect storyboard yeah. for a goddamn movie? You know? Scorsese should go bowling. They really should. Hash this um, out. <laughs> but I, I love Alan Moore. Uh, I love – well, to be fair, though, they've done some pretty shitty adaptations of some of his stuff. Like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie yeah. is garbage. And, and that, that should have been amazing. Yeah. It's like what a cool story. It's such a cool story, but it yeah. was just really not good at all. Uh, yeah, it didn't capture any of the weirdness and coolness of the of the comic. So, yeah. But I would I would argue that if he – pulled his head out of his own ass a little bit, he could see the genius in this yeah. and recognize that it is uh, being very respectful of his work. Yeah. Boy, I loved the Looking Glass episode. Oh, God. So good. Uh, yeah. Well, that's when you first realize they're using the squid. Yeah. Because that was a thing in the uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah. There was no squid. There was no squid. There was no squid. And that was the weird, great, like... The way Watchmen and the graphic novel ended was so bizarre mm-hmm. with the squid yeah. that, like, how could you not take advantage of right. that? And now in this version, we get to hear it, see the aftermath of the whole thing 30 years later. Yeah. And, like, you know, get to hear Jeremy Irons as Ozymandias or justify uh-huh. what he did and the fact that he never got, quote, unquote, credit for it. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. So much cool uh Well, the PTSD that the uh, survivors are suffering. Oh, yeah. It's like 9-11 times a million. Uh-huh. You know, it's like— 11-2. Is yeah, that what they were calling exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. I'm just blown away. I think it's amazing. I think it's fantastic, too. I'm, I'm sad that there's only eight episodes. It is a bummer, but it's also clearly a very expensive show. Yeah. They're—, they're uh, it looks great. I wonder if they if there, is it there, has it been announced if they've picked it up for another season? Oh, I'm sure. I hope they do. I haven't heard, but it's, I mean they're already shooting it, so it's very critically acclaimed. It seems. Yeah, I, I wonder what the viewing numbers are. Though I wonder if it's like I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are talking about it that I know. So uh, speaking of viewing numbers, The Irishman, and this is sort of one of the beefs with uh, how to. Uh, I mean, I hate that box office is a, a rating system, but it sort of is, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Sure. How's uh, it doing? 
Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, they listed out however many millions of people streamed it over the first week, and it was a ton. But then they also said 18% of people finished it. Oh, wow. So, like, it, it, I don't know. Does that count? <laughs> Someone watches two hours of The Irishman and is like, I can't. Turns it off. Interesting. Yeah, 18%. But apparently 18% is sort of right along the standard of when people bail on Netflix, which is surprising. It is surprising. 18%? That seems very low. Seems very low. Yeah. All right, Noel. You got anything else? Streaming? Uh, no, I've been loving that one. Um, yeah, Mandalorian we talked about. Um, I'm not up to date on that one, but I think it's still strong. I'm pretty close. I think I'm one behind. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Is, I, I just saw is. the one episode that some people were a little disappointed in. Was that the village one? Uh-huh. I yeah. liked it. I liked it too, but I heard some some a buddy of mine who's a huge fan of Star Wars in particular was like it felt kind of forced kind of like it felt like uh one of those it was too self-contained like like he feels like it's mm-hmm. becoming this adventure of the week kind of show as opposed well, to Well, maybe so. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. I think it very much is and it kind of reminds me of TV shows in the 80s a little bit. Exactly. But with a new, like, spin on it. Yeah, and it has a through line, you know, with the baby Yoda and the fact that he's being, you know, hunted and all that stuff. Yeah. But, of course, he's, like, jumping around the galaxy trying to find refuge. He's going to have new adventures. That's right. Do you know why? No. Because bounty hunting is a dangerous (laughs) It's a dangerous profession. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, sitting in with us. And sorry we're not doing Christmas content exclusively. But I hope you enjoyed this nice break. Mm-hmm. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 